What is up, Marlins fans? I'm Jeremy Taché, and before we get to the content of this episode, as the Marlins are about to head out on their road trip this evening, I wanted to talk to you about our sponsor, who has been with us for over a month now. It's Symbol. Remember, Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol's blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest and to profit off your favorite teams without all the high fees and high losses of gambling. You can use your sports knowledge and specifically your knowledge of the Marlins to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. You can join me and the 2,000 plus early adopters who've started to invest in their favorite teams, I'll tell you guys this. I invested in the Marlins, and they have gone up and down this season as their record has, but they're higher now than when I initially invested. So in order to be able to do this, all you have to do is visit www.symbol.app or visit the link in our description, symbol.app slash swings. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P slash swings to create a free account when you deposit. And make sure to use the promo code SWINGS for a $10 deposit bonus to buy yourself a share of the Sim Marlins or any other Sim team. Again, symbol.app and use the promo code SWINGS for a $10 deposit bonus to help build your portfolio. Symbol.app. Start investing in your favorite teams so that when they win, you win. Now let's get to the show. Hello, Marlins fans, and welcome to another episode of Swings and Mishes. I am your co-host and producer, Jeremy Taché, joined, as always, by the name behind the podcast, Craig Mish. Craig, how are you doing this Monday morning? Doing well, Jeremy. Great to be with you here. A rare Monday edition of our podcast, but with the homestand over and the Marlins going back on the road, time to do a little preview of that and kind of recap what's happened over the last week. Yeah, Monday turned out to be the perfect timing for us and for Marlins fans with this road trip coming up. And just to update fans on where things have gone since the last time we spoke, we spoke the Marlins were 11 and 13. Since then, they've played three series. They were swept by the Nats in D.C. Then they came back and swept Arizona to start their homestand. The first time since 2009, by the way, that the Marlins were swept and responded with a sweep of their own. I thought that was pretty cool by Marlins comms. And then uh, lost two out of three to the Brewers here, lost the final couple of games despite a really great start from Sandy Alcantara yesterday, battling through not really having his best stuff. So the Marlins sit at 15 and 19. Uh, They head into this road trip. Craig, what are your thoughts on what the last week or so of baseball has been? Yeah, well, well, look, the the Washington series, it goes without saying they were dominated in, in that series. But when they got back home, and they played against Arizona, it completely flipped. It went exactly the other way. And I, and I thought that if you didn't really know a lot about baseball and you just chose to watch the Marlins and Diamondbacks for three days, you would have come out of that thinking that the Marlins are by far the better team there. Now, again, yep. they're going to play each other four more times here coming up this week. And I think that will be more of an indication in the season series as opposed to three games. But without a doubt that was as convincing a sweep that you could possibly have over another team. And the other thing that happened during that time uh, in, in that game, and again, there was one really close game and they needed uh, Blyer in a very tight situation to strike out three batters. If you go back and remember, I think that was like the kind of thing that swung the series in their favor when he did that. And I know Miami went to score more runs later in the game and it didn't look like it was a factor, but believe me, it really was. 
And, and then what's, what's really been the story of the season is that they, they play so well against Arizona and then they're facing off against Milwaukee, a team that is not going to be starting Corbin Burns and they're not going to be starting Brandon Woodruff and they are not going to have Christian mm-hmm. Yelich in the lineup. And you look at it on paper and say, well, they just swept the Diamondbacks. They could sweep the Brewers. And that's right. exactly what I was thinking going into the series. But uh, they didn't play really well against Milwaukee. I mean, that's just all there is to it. The bats went cold again. It's been the story of the season. Hot, cold, hot, cold, winning, losing, back and forth, which is more or less an indication of a team, again, that's around 500, that wins some and loses some. And, and again, I'm, I'm sitting here again on the 10th of May. Their record is what it is. This is kind of <laughs> who they are. Now, Don Mattingly has said that he thinks that there's more consistency in this offense. I don't agree at this point. I have Mm. not seen that now. Starling Marte, of course, is an all-star and Jazz Chisholm was playing like an all-star, but without Lewis, but if Starling Marte plays, by the way, Jeremy on Sunday, I mean, Lewis Brinson doesn't play, doesn't hit that home run. It's like you can play all these games back and forth. Uh, I'm, I'm big on the record. I think that's what their record is. It feels like that's the team that they are. They will get some help. They will get some reinforcements. But bottom line for the week, Jeremy, great job against Arizona. Dominated that series. I think personally fell flat against a very undermanned Brewers team, as undermanned as the Marlins by far, not having their two aces, not having their best offensive player, not playing Lorenzo Cain even on Sunday. I mean, Mm. that's a series at the very least that you should win. And uh, and look, we'll just kind of have to see what this road trip brings. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if they do win that extra inning ball game on Sunday, this feels a little bit different too. It does. You're you're five out of six at home as opposed to going four and two at home. And and like you said, I mean, the bats really slowed down despite some some really solid individual performances over the last week or so. I mean, Miguel Rojas has raised his batting average like 50 points individually hitting in that leadoff spot. And, you know, it is funny. You mentioned no Marte, no Jazz Chisholm. Well, the guys that have actually stepped into those specific roles have played maybe better than you thought they would have replacing those guys. And that's why this team has been able to hover around 500. And the one thing to hold your hat on, if you do want to look at the positive, they are, you know, by far the best in terms of run differential in the national league. A month is not necessarily reflective of 162 seasons, but Hey, you know, over 30 games, that's better than when we were saying this after 10 games. So getting to be a little more representative when you do look at those guys who are out jazz Chisholm, Jorge Alfaro, Starling Marte. I mean, the list goes on and on for Marlins injuries. Where are things at in terms of the injury updates for the Miami Marlins? Well, yeah, yesterday I reported that both Alfaro and and jazz are going to be playing on the road uh, this week for Jacksonville in Durham. And the way that minor league baseball is set up, these series are more than one, two, three games. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think they play five or six games this week Mm -hmm. against Durham. So I I would guess at this point, it would seem as though both players would be unlikely for the Diamondback series. But when they leave Arizona, I think there's a chance that both of them could come back. So that's definitely good news news as far as that goes. Um, The the other, you know, close player to returning at this point probably is going to need one minor league start, I would think, is Eliezer Hernandez. And honestly, when I look at it, they definitely need Jazz back for sure. Alfaro, look, we can debate that. <laughs> but uh, they they need another pitcher. You know, they need a fourth pitcher here, like pretty pretty badly. They've chosen not to go the route of calling someone up from AAA and bullpenning it. And it's worked a little, and it and it's and it's fallen flat a little bit too. Yeah. And that's just the nature of the game. I think you can get by very easily with four starters in Major League Baseball. I, I don't see teams having five good starters. 
but when they get Eliezer back, and, and I still believe firmly that he's a five-inning pitcher and no more, but that's still five really good innings. You just don't want him exactly. being seen third time through the lineup. He doesn't succeed. But, but through five innings, he's, he's a very solid quality pitcher. And then you're talking about having Holloway there too. And you can kind of mix and match those two guys maybe together, five sure. and two, four and three. Uh, you know, Holloway's look great. I, I you know, want to see some more of him too. So I, I think that's a good sign. Um, the, the question I think that probably some people will wonder, and I did have a conversation today about this, so I wanted to bring it to uh, the podcast and also I'll have more on it in the Herald on, on Tuesday, is that the, the path for, for Isan Diaz at this point is a little bit unclear if he continues to play the way that he's playing because Jazz is going to come back and start at second base. So uh, they, they could continue to keep Eson at the big league level. That's what I'm hearing as a backup player and sort of manage the, uh, you know, the pitching staff, 13 hitters, 13 pitchers. That's something that is under consideration. Mm -hmm. Another thing that they could consider is just simply sending someone to the minor leagues offensively at this point. And I really don't see a, a name offhand that wouldn't do anything except for surprise us a little bit. But uh, look, if you're looking for names of players that potentially could go, uh, you know, un unfortunately at the top for me would be Magnera Sierra. I know he's, he's mm. played uh, very well defensively, just hasn't hit at all this year. He's out of options. And, um, you know, I, I can't see them sending down, even though John Birdie's had a really rough year, I can't see them sending down Birdie. Uh, I, I, you know, Cooper's had a tough year and I don't see that happening either. And Lou, Lou Brinson is playing great right now. Yeah, so he's been great. You know, it's either 13-13 or someone's got to go. And that, that got to go person at this point would be Sierra, who is just, um, he's just not, he just, he has not hit, maybe not fair right. because they didn't get a chance to play every day, but that's just the reality of it. If you're asking me, because people do, my opinion, that's the move that I would make. I, at this point, I would say, uh, you know, keep Brinson on the big league roster, regardless of when Marte is back or not. And uh, he can run at second base in extra innings. To me, I think he's a solid option there. Like the Sierra role, yep. Birdie's fast too. He can also run at second. I, I think they got to, at, at some point soon, decide, are we just keeping someone around because they don't have options or not? I would, I would even though Esau would only play once or twice a week, maybe filling in, I think that he should be in the big leagues at this point. So that would mm -hmm. be the suggestion that I would make. Again, Jeremy, we still have four or five days to make this decision. And what if in four or five days, Isan is 10 for 10 or uh, 0 for 10. We don't know right. the answer. So uh, a TBD on that, but that's the update with those two players. Yeah, and at the present moment, to be in the position where you have enough players, especially when we talk about the two specific guys you just named, right? Isan Diaz and Lewis Brinson playing well enough to where you're saying, no, we really don't want to send those guys down to AAA. They can contribute to this major league roster. That has to make you feel pretty good. And like you mentioned, I mean, when you're looking at this team, it's been three starters and it's been sort of getting by in the rest of the starts. It was Nidert for a bit. It's been Castano at times to get Eliezer Hernandez back would be huge for the team. And, and what you mentioned, pairing him with Holloway and making that a four and three or five and two, I think could be a really good way to look at it for Don Mattingly. Yeah, or Detweiler or Curtis, yep. their bullpen has been uh, great. second best in all of Major League Baseball. And, and watching the games like I do every single day, you would be hard-pressed to, to look at a team collectively that's had a better bullpen than the Marlins in 2021. They have been unbelievable. Been getting outs all the time, strikeouts, just a wonderful April into May for them so far. Yeah. So big-time kudos to that front office for doing what they did there. I know, look, the, the cynical person will say, well, what about Bass? It is an absolute fair point. But in the end, if I would have told you 
that Anthony Bass would have struggled as much as he has and the bullpen would have been this good on May the 10th, you would have said, okay, no problem, yep. fine. And that's where we're at. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and so, you know, you just talked about the relievers and how great they've been, but let's talk about that three-headed monster at the top of the rotation. I remember coming into this season, we're talking in the spring and we're saying, hey, nobody's talking about these three guys the way that they should be spoken about. And when you look at their statistics right now, right? Sandy Alcantara leads Major League Baseball in innings pitched, and he has a 2.7 ERA. Pablo Lopez has a top 10 ERA in baseball, hovering right around two. He's yet to get his first win, unfortunately. And then there's Trevor Rogers, who really is on track to win Rookie of the Year at this point, right? He was Rookie of the Month, 4-2 and two overall record, 1.89 ERA, and he's tied with John Means, who's thrown a no-hitter for the most strikeouts from a left-handed pitcher in Major League Baseball in eight less innings. Those three guys have been spectacular, Craig. Yeah, and at this point, you can look at those three and and just pencil them in, barring anything, all the way through, I think, really the end of July into August. You'll just have those guys every five days. Sandy, at this point, is on pace to throw another 200 innings this season. It wouldn't shock me to see that. And without a doubt, when All-Star Game balloting uh, opens up soon and we're going to have to make some of those fan decisions too, it's going to be a tough decision for when they uh, pick the pitching staff because would they take – Sandy and Trevor at this point it's it's within the realm of conversation over they'll have to make decision in uh, you know a month and a half but still like those two guys to me uh, Sandy Alcantara and Trevor Rogers both all-stars this year and and of course Pablo Lopez very solid as, as the number two starter I think that we're kind of safe now to me looking at Pablo and just saying hey uh, you know, he is uh, better than a four and he is to me, not a one, you know, I, I think we know who he is and that is great. Like he would be a two or a three on 20 other teams in major league baseball. But I don't, I don't think we have to like wonder who he's going to be anymore with Pablo. Right? I think, you he's know, he's like a number two or a number three, which is great in a, to have mm-hmm. in a big league, uh, in, a, in a big league team. And then Trevor has been fantastic. Uh, but a, again, you know, this is an innings restriction thing with, with him. And so I just don't want people to wake up one day in June and hear that they're, you know, he's going to miss a start or whatever and think that there's something wrong. Right. He has not thrown a ton of innings at the minor league level. And his innings limit is probably going to be somewhere between 150 and 160, which means he is not going to make it till the end of the season. How are they going to do this? Right. I'm not sure. Uh, it could simply be a matter of, of, of sitting for a week or two. And maybe in June, Sixto Sanchez comes back if he's healthy takes that spot in the rotation or maybe later in the year Edward Cabrera does I mean nobody wants to hear that and it's not a bridge that we have to cross right now but we also have to be realistic in thinking that Trevor is not going to throw 200 innings this year or 180 and they're going to have to manage this right now Jeremy they cannot afford to manage it they've taken him out early a couple of the last couple starts which I was pleasantly right. surprised by a six inning start and a shorter start than that like that those are the kind of things that they're going to have to do to get him to go even into September and by the way it is the right move this kid looks like a front he the, Trevor Rogers looks like he could be better than the other two guys in the, in the yeah, starting rotation sure. so you got to no, protect that like superstar more than anybody else and if that means this year holding him back a little bit to go all in next year I am all for that I'm not going to have any beef now if they're in playoff contention boy that's a tough conversation to have yep. to have but again we'll cross that when it comes to it but you're right Jeremy one two three is great Nothing in the four or five right now. And uh, maybe when Hernandez comes back, we'll have that. One thing I do want to add, I get a lot of comments about this on social media, is that about the pitching. Because I made made the comment the other day that nobody has five good starting pitchers. And people are like, well, when we get this guy back and when we get this guy back. I mean, look, all those things are nice to say. 
But, you know, three months ago, if I would have said Sixto Sanchez won't make a start until June, you would have said, oh, my gosh, like, how did that happen? And, right. and this is baseball. Players get hurt. Players miss starts. You can never think for a second that all five starters that you're closing your eyes and dreaming about are absolutely going to be in this rotation in June. You don't know. It's possible, but you don't know. You have to go with what you have now. And what they have now are three starters with the potential of Eliezer on the way and stop. Because you, you can't blanket say, oh, Sixto Sanchez is coming back and making 12 starts the rest of the year starting June. You think that, you don't know. So be optimistic. It's okay to be a fan. It's okay to root for those things. But sometimes they're not realistic as we simply don't know what the team's pitching staff will look like in June or July. Who could have predicted after the start Caleb Smith got off to a couple of years ago that he would have been on the injured list for two and a half months? Who could have predicted Pablo Lopez would have gone down two years in a row? Like right. these things happen. So enjoy it while it's happening as opposed to trying to predict what could be. And I look, I'm, I get caught doing that too. Make no mistake about it. But predictions are not guarantees. That's why they're called predictions and well, see what happens as the summer goes on. And something that is, could only be a dream scenario for the Marlins, right, is as they're managing Rogers' innings later in the year, you get a little bit of overlap of him and Sixto, and then Sixto becomes the guy for the last couple of months. Could be. And they split what is a great major league season. It one very well could Amongst be. a couple. And if that's what happens, Marlins fans would have to be ecstatic about it, considering where things have started now. So you're right. It, it's all about sort of living in the moment for your it, team. It, it it's is. so easy with young players to, to sort of just go, oh, but what what can be but right now as the team's playing fun baseball it, it, it's easy to sort of look at the moment and say yeah this is what we got i mean let, let, let's just quickly look at the division what nationals fans who close their eyes and dream and they and when they go to bed they dream of max scherzer steven strasberg and patrick corbin all being aces and pitching well yep that happened one that happened for four months of a baseball season yeah, like ever. mets <laughs> fans when they close their eyes and dream four years ago they were dreaming of a matt harvey uh noah syndergaard Jacob deGrom rotation. It never uh, happened. Steven Matz, right? It, it, yeah, Matz right. too. It, it almost, it, it, what did it, it happened for four months of a baseball mm -hmm. season. The Atlanta Braves, when, when they, what, what did they think that their strength this year? Oh, it was Max Fried. He's on the injured list. Oh, it was Michael Soroka. Mm -hmm. He has yet to pitch. I mean, the, you, you can't go with the what ifs. It just doesn't work that way. Um, uh -huh. I wish it did. I wish it did. <laughs> and, and by the way, when you put all of those pitchers together, and they pitch well for five months, you win the World Series. Exactly. That, that, that's, that's what that's happens. What happens. Yep. That, or you get to the World Series. Like the Mets, they got to it, but they didn't win. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's, that's what happens. And so I could understand Marlins fans being a little anxious and saying, hey, we got all these pitching now. Where are the hitting? Where, you know, why don't they get hitters? The, the time will come. The time is next year. Yep. It's going to have to happen. You, you, they, they're not going to be able to sit back for four more years and keep managing innings. At some point, they're mm -hmm. going to have to go for it. But I don't think this is the year to do it. No, not at all. And, and it is going to be fun because, you know, you mentioned those minor league guys. And I think, you know, in a couple of weeks when the Marlins get back from their road trip, there's been some players playing down down on the farm who've been playing well and might start pushing some hands. But but we'll get there at another point in time. Craig, any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode of Swings and Mishes and the Marlins head on their road trip? Yeah, sure. Uh, in, in Tuesday's edition of, of the Herald, Barry Jackson and I will dive in a little bit more with with some of these minor league performances and certainly as we go on, we'll talk about them here. I, I know that I, I kind of made the comment the other day that I'm not just going to constantly be tweeting minor league uh, performances and things like that, because I, I just feel like in, in this particular season, and given the fact that I've heard some of these names, some of them have come up and look good. Some of them have not. 
I, I feel like I need to do a better job of cross-checking these results mm. with people that I trust rather than just blindly say this guy is batting 600 and he looks like <laughs> he's going to be, uh, you know, Reggie Jackson or something like that. Yeah. I got, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But I will say that there, there is optimism at, at, at the very least on three or four performances to start this in the first week of the minor league season. And, and those players will be addressed in, in the Herald on Tuesday. So uh, Marlins are on the road now, four games under 500. They got to come back four games under 500, you know, like yep. that's, yep. That, that's kind of the way I'm feeling like this, because once you turn to Memorial Day, you kind of know who you are. And if, and if they return with a 500 road trip, I, I don't think that I would have any issue with it. If it's seven games under eight games under, then we're going to have to start having a different conversation at the end of May, but very positive road trip for them. No doubt beating the Diamondbacks the way that they did. Some of the games in Milwaukee could have gone either way in the season. They're 15 and 19, as you mentioned, Jeremy, and that is their record. I feel that is the yeah. team they've been this year, without a doubt. An entertaining 15 and 19, nonetheless. But Marlins fans, enjoy this road trip and some, hey, late night baseball, right? We're going to have some fun on Twitter over the Text next me at like days, midnight. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll be, we'll be talking at all sorts of hours of the night. This should be fun. Marlins head to Arizona starting tonight. As always, uh, like, don't subscribe follow new terminology on these podcasts like follow rate and review swings and mishes follow us at swings and mishes across platforms at craig mish on twitter at jeremy tache on twitter enjoy this week of baseball marlins fans and we will talk with you very soon